Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, mom. Ellen. I am whatever your name is. You're not mom. I'm mom. I'm not mom. You're mom. (laughs) You've made that very clear. I don't know. I think some parts of us are interchangeable, Um, (laughs) personality-wise. Uh, I'm I'm fantastic, Ellen. I'm fantastic. Good. So today we are going to be talking about The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. And later we are going to give you another two for one and talk about 99% Mine by Sally Thorne. Because we have a lot of feelings about that one. We do. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? Oh, I forgot all about the what have you been reading segment. Um, I'll need my phone. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Well, I'll go. You go first. I actually have something that I sort of read this week. Hmm. Um, I have Motion by <laughs> Penny Reed. Did you uh, read that this week, Ellen? I, I, I may have gotten to read this one a little ahead of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I and I really like this one a lot. Um, she kind of based it on... When she was watching Erkenci Kush, which is the Turkish drama that we have talked about several times on this show, and um, it just gives me all those Erkenci Kush feelings. It's amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, I would say if you are a fan of that, then you definitely should be all over, all over motion. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, mistaken, I- well, it's like a hidden identity twins story, and it's it's good. It's good premise. I loved it. But anyway, so I have something I read, and I also read 99% Mine and The Wedding Date since we last spoke, but, you know, we're going to talk about both of those today, so. Okay. So last time we talked about In Bed with a Highlander, right? Yes. Okay. So I have read Seduction of a Highland Lass which was the second one. And then Mm -hmm. I read Never Love a Highlander, which was the third Mm -hmm. one. So I finished that series. Definitely the third one was my favorite book. Yes. So if anyone's reading that series, keep going because the third one is the best. The second one was my least favorite. But then, oh, we read Rafe for our mini podcast. So I read Mm -hmm. that. Then I read 99% Mine. Because I made you. Because you made me. And then I read The Wedding Date. So. Okay. Also, we should say that we are happen to be recording this on Valentine's Day. Yes, So, we are. happy Valentine's Day, Mom. Happy Valentine's Day, Ellen. We're recording a little early this time. We are. <laughs> busy weekends. <laughs> yeah, I may be traveling this weekend. Um, are you? Where yeah. are you going? Are you going to a your... popular destination? A popular vacation? No, spot? I am not. <laughs> I am definitely not. Oh, that's... But it should be a good time. Anyway. Moving on. Let's move on. <laughs> so, let's get down to business, Mom. Okay, let's do Today it. Today we are going to be talking about The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. It is Listed as a standalone, but it is obviously tied to The Proposal, which came out last year, and her upcoming book, The Wedding Party. Uh, The Proposal is about Carlos. The Wedding Party is about, spoiler alert, Theo and Maddie. Theo and Maddie, okay. Anyway, and that that comes out later this year. Um, Okay, super busy week, you guys. So, I, you know, I don't like to do this, but I'm using the back cover description because... Well, wait, didn't you do that the last on the last episode? So hey, I'm just saying... stop that. <laughs> stop it. Mom? Okay. So, this is the back cover description. Agreeing to go to a wedding with a guy she gets stuck with in an elevator is something Alexa Monroe wouldn't normally do, but there's something about Drew Nichols that's too hard to resist. On the eve of his ex's wedding festivities... Drew is minus a plus one until a power outage strands him with the perfect candidate for a fake girlfriend. After Alexa and Drew have more fun than they ever thought possible, Drew has to fly back to Los Angeles and his job as a pediatric surgeon, and Alexa heads home to Berkeley, where she's the mayor's chief of staff. Too bad they can't stop thinking about the other. They're just two high-powered professionals on a collision course toward the long-distance dating disaster of this century or closing the gap between what they think they need and what they truly want. So, 
We should say this was recommended to us by um, listener Christy. Christy, I hope you still like us after this one. And um, yeah, that's a spoiler. But mom, what did you think of the wedding date? I liked it. It was a cute story. It was fine. It um, I did have a great meet cute. I loved the meeting. Yeah, in, it's true. In the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the whole thing with cheese and crackers and um, just yeah. how cocky he is when he first meets her. And I mean, I really liked that part. I liked the wedding date. I liked that whole premise of having to pretend yeah. they were boyfriend and girlfriend at the wedding and and, uh, I could have done with like a week long wedding, you yeah. know, where like a destination wedding where he yeah exactly yeah. Um, well, I guess it kind of was a destination wedding, but yeah, but you know, San Francisco. You know. Since we're from Northern California, that's not that big a deal it's, to us. It's like, eh, whatever, <laughs> jump change. Whatever, San Francisco. Um, <laughs> but um, that I did have some problems with them, their interpersonal. Uh, communication, can we say? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a romance novel. They ended up married and in love. And- okay, so here is my... This book is cute. It's fine. But I have issues, you guys. I'm just... I'm gonna be honest on this one. I can't... I can't... I can't not be honest, okay? So... I think this is the only romance I can remember reading where I thought, should these people even end up together? <laughs> I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Because they have so many communication problems, and not all of them are because they're long distance. And we're going to talk about that. But they just, they don't communicate at all. Well, and they they both have just... Their insecurities are off the charts. And because of that, they blow up about things that are just so insignificant. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree with um, that? I will. Yes, I would. And my, some of my questions are going to get into that. But um, things I liked, same as you, I liked the Miku. I liked the wedding. We're going to talk about some of the things about the characters that I liked. Um, and... Uh, I, I liked the conversations that they would have about about race. And um, I liked that he would, you know, he would say something and maybe she would be like, hey, you don't get it. Or, hey, that's not super cool thing to say. And he would just be like, okay. And, like, explain it, you know, like, help me understand kind of. Right. Instead part of, of the just conversation. getting offended and. Yeah, and she wouldn't get super defensive about that for the first time ever in their relationship. And um, because she got defensive about everything else. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, she wouldn't get super defensive and just kind of like explain it to him. And I, so I really liked those conversations that they would have about, um, about that as a, you know, multiracial couple. Um, Okay, so first question. Let's talk about texting and relationships. <laughs> well, I don't have much to say. I think that, Ellen, you being the expert on texting and relationships. <sighs> okay. I'm not an expert. Let's make that clear. Mm. But <laughs> as of late, I have some experience. Um, here's the thing. I had a friend who her boyfriend, now husband, so... They, they made it through, but they would get into these arguments and deep conversations where they weren't understanding each other over text message. And I was like, hey, stop doing that. That's not smart. You can't understand what the other is saying because you're not listening to them. You're not hearing tone and you're not seeing facial expressions or even talking on the phone. You're, you're not even just listening you're you're not getting that same thing from texting so stop text fighting each other and that's what i kept wanting to tell these two when they had that first fight over text and she asked him if he was sleeping with anyone else and he kind of makes a joke 
he can't tell what her tone is. He can't tell if she's serious when she asks that. He can't tell if it's like, hey, are you sleeping with anyone else? Like, <laughs> like we're not doing that, right? So allow him to make a joke. She fires back with, how about this? Now you have the weekend free, so neither work nor basketball nor I will get in the way. And I'm like, whoa! Oh, yeah, from zero let's to Let's calm 60. down. <laughs> I was... These two texting and then misunderstanding each other, and, like, that was a perfect perfect example. They fired off at each other over text. It's like, call each other and talk to each other this out. This is not... And then they just, like, didn't talk for, like, a week or two after that. And it's like, dum-dums, call each other. You're pissing me off. I was... Well, especially when they keep going on and on about their feelings for each other. Like, it's hard for me to stop thinking about it. And it's like... Okay, so pick up a phone and talk to her and figure this thing out. Why on earth would one sentence, literally one sentence. One sentence. (laughs) And it's over. (laughs) Yeah, it was, that fight pissed me off because I have, I have very strong feelings. Because listening to that friend go through all of this stuff with texting, that was frustrating to me. And I am not at the point where... I have yet had to have that over that situation over texting, but you can be damn sure that if there are wires getting crossed in an argument, I am picking up that phone and we're just going to talk it out because that's how it should be done. Don't fight over text messages. Or, Sorry, throw a relation- or throwing a relationship away over one yes. sentence. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Anyway, I had feelings on that, especially on that first tell. fight. <laughs> yeah, the first fight was, well, and I had problems with the second fight, but yeah. Okay. So what did you think of Alexa as our heroine? I liked Alexa. Let me tell you what I liked about Alexa. I liked that she was smart, that she was sassy. Like when that girl approaches her at the wedding and she's like, hey, if you got it, flaunt it. You know, so she doesn't let her intimidate her. She, yeah. There's, so there's such mis- mixed messages in that she's this confident. Um, I thought she was a really good, um, she was a really good representation of someone with like some body ish, body image issues, mm-hmm. but also found confidence and like still felt good in a dress and, you know, didn't let other people get her down, but she still, you know, she, I, I felt like it was a very healthy, realistic, you know, Absolutely. representation of a curvy girl. Right. And, and, um, I mean, I support that and understand that, but I still think there yeah. were things that she, especially when they were months and weeks and they'd slept together a thousand times and, and she had had all these feel and then she was still like doubting stuff. And it's like, you either need to like, move out or move on, you know, or, you know, get over it or yeah, get away from it. Yeah. The thing, the thing with her insecurities though, is I didn't feel like a lot of them were body related. I felt like most of them were just like, he's a, you know, one night stand kind of, he's like a quick relationship kind of guy. This is not going to go anywhere. And so she just like could not get over this, that thing. And that was her thing. Anyway, she's fun. She obviously drove me a little crazy, but I did like her a lot. Um, I she, There was a lot of things about her that I related to hardcore. Um, I wrote down a couple quotes that I was like, yes, girl, preach, preach, preach. Um, but where she's like, she was always the one sitting on an airplane next to a chatty toddler or a knitting grandma or a bored college student. Never a hot guy to be found. I'm like, yes, check. <laughs> me yes uh and then this one which i'm sure mom picked up on i've been to 10 weddings in the past three years i've been a bridesmaid of seven of those i never get to buy cute dresses for weddings they are pre-selected for me yes preach i've been a bridesmaid 13 times i feel like there was a five-year period where i finally went to a wedding where i was not in the wedding party and it was the weirdest experience ever for me because i'm like what do you do at a wedding you just hang out like no one wants to take my picture what what is that about (laughs) rude (laughs) um so i did relate to that hard 
And then I wrote down this one because I also thought this was cute. She was officially an unwilling participant in that pretty woman shopping scene, except she was going to have to use her own credit card at the end of it. I was like, yes. (laughs) If only we could have prepaid shopping montages. Um, So, yeah. So there's a lot of moments like that where I was like, yes, I love you. This is fun. Um, Yeah, she. uh, Yes. Yeah, there were things, throughout their relationship. I was just like, Come there were on, things hun. about her that I just really, really liked. There were other things that I was like, oh my gosh, why is this such an issue for you? But you know, I guess maybe there are people out there in the world who have insecurities like that. I mean, me, you know, I got engaged two weeks after I met my husband, so <laughs> there was no insecurities. <laughs> It's like, you want this? Yeah, let's do it. The, um, there probably should have been more insecurities. <laughs> there probably but... should have been. <laughs> My mom wished there was. But yeah. um, uh, but definitely, she. so for someone who was so confident, I just felt it was weird that she would have all these insecurities about her, their relationship. I mean, just the fact that they had, I had problems with the insecurities about the relationship because they'd been sleeping together for weeks and it just seems like at some point you move on from those. Yeah. The thing with, I feel like, because you keep mentioning the insecurities, the insecurities are fine. I don't care about the insecurities, but talk about them. Yeah. Like, yes. If, if they had just been like, hey, I'm feeling like we should talk about the fact that we are now at the stage where you usually break up with someone. Let's talk about that. How are you feeling? You know, What's I get that that's not I get that that's not always a fun or easy or you feel self conscious about it but just do it right like it was driving me nuts I'm, I was just like you two talk to each other please stop <laughs> just talk to each other yes. I'm doing a lot of hand gestures that you guys aren't seeing but they're yes. very emphatic they are she's really really <laughs> emphatically hand gesturing <laughs> fired up. <laughs> kind of late when we're recording this and I'm tired and <laughs> okay um so what did you think of Drew as our hero I liked Drew I like but he also had his insecurities I mean he did and he could definitely express feelings more than he was doing I did like that last fight that they got into when she, like, went off at on him at this um, friend's party, I get where she's feeling insecure about meeting all the ex-girlfriends who are all tall and blonde and beautiful, and um, they're all talking about how he broke up with them and just wanted to be friends. I get that. I understand that insecurity. I understand any woman would feel weird in that situation but talk to him he even apologized and like tried to explain himself and they slept together and she still got up and left Left and was like leaving for good and i'm like talk about it you guys come on um, but i did i loved him loved him at the beginning of the book with their yeah. cute and I loved the wedding he was just so sweet with her and so attentive and yeah. just loving you know rubbing up against her and all that stuff I loved him yeah in the beginning yeah. of the book he's a pediatric surgeon yes adorable what's not to love it only if he had a dog he would have been perfect oh my gosh I can't <laughs> even imagine um yeah I mean them collect this is what i'm talking about this is this is where this is why this is why this book was hard for me because i did when they were getting back together or when they were like split up there at the end i was like you know what maybe you guys should just stay split up <laughs> maybe just and move like on. that's not where you want to be f- feeling you know at the end of a romance novel but they worked it out, Ellen, so it's all good. Yeah, but should they have? That's my question. <laughs> I have to I imagine, though, I, this is a little off topic, but I have to imagine that you enjoyed all the L.A. stuff because this... I did. I enjoyed all the L.A. stuff. I enjoyed, I mean, all the San Francisco stuff because right. these are both cities that I have spent a lot of time in. Um, and here's the thing. 
my biggest beef with this book, there's no way in hell an at-risk teen youth program would not get passed through in Berkeley, California. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, who in Berkeley, California is voting down an at-risk youth teen program? That is the most unbelievable part of this book. <laughs> If anybody knows Berkeley, you know what I'm saying. Because. Well, but it, it, it did drive the story on. I'll forgive that one. Yeah, it's true. And I actually did really like that element of the book. I liked, you know, that thing that she had with her sister and feeling like she needed to do this for her sister. And um, I knew that eventually her sister was going to come and speak on behalf of that program. Right. Um, but I liked that. I liked kind of that relation that moment that arc through the story i thought that was kind of cute and sweet well and i don't know where your questions are going to go but i'm going to throw this out well maybe i'll save it for my swooniest moment go ahead i'm gonna save it oh boy okay um this is just kind of a question that came up and i was like is that a thing i mean i literally want to know if this is a thing but do people actually ask black people where they come from yeah, is, I didn't know if that was a thing either. And I was is like, that a really? Thing? Who is doing I'm like, this? who in the hell would say that to somebody? <laughs> I mean, are, I didn't even understand the question. Is he asking, like, where they're... Well, okay, so um, it reminded me, um, there was a time when I lived in L.A., and there was this security guard who I had to check in with, like, every day when I worked at this internship that I was doing in L.A., and... Um, he was always hitting on me. He was always kind of flirting with me, and I was not feeling it. Anyway, one time he asked me, he's like, where's your family from? And I said, oh, my family's from California, uh, you know, up northern California. And he said, no, but, like, where's your family from? I'm like, uh, all, my parents both grew up in California, so I'm California. And he's like, no, but where's, like, your fam, like, where are they from? I'm like, well, I guess, like, you know, we kind of grew up out in the Rocky Mountains a little bit. So, like, I guess that's, no, but, like, where are they from? And I finally caught on that he was asking me, like. Like your lineage? My my lineage. <laughs> like, like, where my people come from. And I was, and so I was like, oh, I'm like. Sweden, Wales. I'm like, I'm as white as you get. Like, I'm white. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, because, yeah, he's like, I've always wanted to date a white girl. I'm like, cool, bye. <laughs> um, but that was the weirdest conversation I've ever had. I was just like, oh, but he was like this Hispanic guy. So he's just like, you know, my people were from, you know, Colombia or something like that. Um, and... And anyway, but so that's what I think this guy was asking her, but I really want to know if like, if black people are getting asked this because that's the dumbest thing yeah, I've ever heard of. Question. Like I could maybe get it if, um, like it's somebody with like an African accent or something like that, or even a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's black people have many different <laughs> accents because they're from many different places in the world, but including America. So it's like, yeah, it I don't just, know. That is, I don't know. That was, it was that, a weird question, and it was a weird thing. I would be curious to know if that's a thing that they're getting asked. Um, so, you know, let us know if you <laughs> happen to be a black person who has been asked that question. Um, okay, next question. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> well, because on our last podcast, I had a problem. You go first. <laughs> I had a problem with the grittiness of the sex, and I was complaining about it being too gritty. This sex, even though there was a plethora of sex, would you agree that there was a lot of sex in this book? I'm going to save my comments until okay. after you're done. Um, it was fairly tame in the way it was described. I mean, fairly, really tame. Like, I don't know. It it was very mother-friendly. Here's the thing. <laughs> but now I know Ellen's got her it feelings. Was. So go, Elle. <laughs> okay. All these people did the entire book was have sex, but we never saw any of it. And that, it was kind of just weird to me. And 
she kind of like time jumps strangely throughout this book. There's sometimes where somebody will say something and then there will be another line of dialogue and then they're like, said Alexa three hours later. And I'm like, whoa, you can't just do that. (laughs) That kind of threw me. And the sex scenes were kind of the same way. It was like, and then he went down on her. And then they were coming up for air, and they were like, well, that was great. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and I don't know. I just, if you're going to have that much sex take place in the book, I feel like just describe the sex scenes. It would have made the book a lot longer. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> would have been like an encyclopedia. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? It's just like. I there mean, was a lot of time jumping huge... during the sex scenes. Yeah, and I mean, a huge thing. I mean, like, it seemed like the bulk of what these two did was have sex, which power to them, I get it. Like, please, you know, Godspeed. But um, it was just a weird dichotomy to have a ton of sex scenes, but also no sex. It was a, it was know. just a, a mother friendly it... book, and you just are a whore and want to read more sex. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend Fifty Shades. <laughs> you guys, my cousin who is like <laughs> such a sweet girl, and maybe someday she'll listen to this episode. But um, she called me asking for book recommendations, and she was asking me about Outlander, and she was like, just like. You know, does it have as much sex as Fifty Shades? I'm like, oh no! And she's like, and then she, we were Mark, we were using Marco Polo. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Marco Polo, but um, and she called, she, you know, came back to me and she's like, because um, Fifty Shades was a little too much for me, and I'm like, Chelsea, you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I'm like, that is not where you start in the romance genre, you sweet little angel, like. It was just We'll correct you, but much slower than that. (laughs) Yeah, please. You gotta, like, frog in the boiling water, her. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so that was just kind of funny. Um, Anyway, that's how I feel about the sex scenes. I mean, it's an interesting thing that I've never seen done before in another romance, so it's an interesting experiment. But I just don't know that it worked for me. Well, she was just making it mother-friendly, Ellen. You complain when they're not okay. mother-friendly, so... <laughs> I know, I can't, <laughs> I can't make up my mind. <laughs> but the thing is, it felt like this wasn't because they just did it all the time. They didn't do, did, did do it a lot. Which is, you know... Like, they basically said, like, every sex act that they were doing, she just didn't, like, explain what like actually happened after all the romance novels you've read do you need it explained still (laughs) no but the thing i don't know i don't maybe you and i need to have a talk off the air ellen (laughs) i I thought you were okay Okay. but maybe you and i need to have a talk (laughs) the talk okay let's have let's have a couple a couple fun questions where i don't have to get ranty um at one point in this book, cheese and crap crackers are described as objectively the perfect snack. Agree or disagree? The perfect snack. And what would you declare the perfect snack if not well, your cheese dad and would crackers. agree because your dad loves cheese and crackers. We go through a lot of cheese and crackers. I remember a couple of meals as a child that were the foundation was cheese and crackers. <laughs> Mom is. Mom is currently flipping me I off. I am not. I would never do that with a good mother. <laughs> Except for the, apparently the cheese and crackers dinner. <laughs> oh, we had a lot of interesting meals. Movie popcorn was yeah. one of my favorite meals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime my dad was gone, my mom would make homemade bread and we'd eat canned peaches. And that was That our, sounds like, like a delicious Sunday meal. Dinner. Homemade bread and canned and peaches. And now it's like a nostalgia thing yeah. where I'm like, let's have homemade bread and canned peaches <laughs> anyway perfect <laughs> snack mom go um oh, man you caught me off guard um perfect snack. here's what i'll say it is it is objectively a a a perfect snack i don't know if i would call it the perfect snack because here's the problem with cheese and crackers there's some work involved 
where I feel like the perfect <laughs> snack would require no work. Well, you can get those little packs <laughs> that have that's true cr- crackers and cheese. And he, they at one point are eating like a spreadable cheese. So, yeah, maybe that's um, more. Maybe that's easier. And it seems like more healthy than like a dish of ice cream, which is also a perfect snack. Yeah, see, that is good. I see. Like, I would almost say like chips and salsa, just because Ooh, I do the love ease. chips and salsa. Yeah. See, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I have some dang good salsa. It's too sweet, her salsa. Um, no, it's really good. <laughs> she just flipped me off I again. did not. Let, let the record state. <laughs> I would never do that. I'm too sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then let's, let's get into this... Um, Potentially TMI subject. Because huh. I feel like I need to talk about this. At one point in this book, Alexa goes pantyless for the day, and Drew is really into it. Real talk and very probably TMI. Could you ever go pantyless for a day in a dress and feel comfortable? No. No. In fact, I had a whole problem with that because he was saying, You're pantyless the whole time, like at the park. We could, and I'm like, Seriously? At a park? You would like. What, be fingering that in a park <laughs> where children are running He's, around playing? <laughs> he said he wanted to. I know, but dude, seriously. And, um, okay, I have a- But I'm talking more about, like, the comfort levels of... Because, personally, we'll, we'll be... I'll just be honest. I've never, like, tried going underwearless for a day in either pants or a skirt. And I just feel hygienically like yeah. you could be sitting on something that they just because like even like skirts when you sit down they ride up in the back so when you go to well, sit down somewhere you could potentially be sitting on who knows what with your hoo-hoo I'm, I'm mainly talking like doesn't it get kind of swampy down there <laughs> without any <laughs> underwear without a cotton panel to <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Without something kind of like helping. I don't know. Aerate I guess that we a little like bit. Thong wearers where, you know, potentially just know. a piece of floss is. Is this, is this, am I abnormal to like question this? Well, you're abnormal. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. <laughs> but, um, no, I could I not just... go pantyless in a dress for a day and walk around acting like that was okay. It just seems... One time I read a Cosmo article that said that <laughs> women discharge at least one to two tablespoons throughout the day. <laughs> and I was telling this fact to a group of friends, which included four girls and one guy, and this guy was like, like, you just, like, one... <laughs> Two, like at some point throughout the day, I'm like, no, like throughout it's the not day, like all at one time. Yeah, <laughs> two tables, like... that was a two tablespoon day. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh boy, it's too late to be recording this, you guys. I just. <laughs> So that's what I think about when I think about going pantyless is two tablespoons. Aren't there celebrities we can ask? Haven't celebrities been photographed? <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're always doing yeah. that. Uh, okay, let's get back to the book a bit. <laughs> so what was your swooniest moment, Mom? Okay, so this I was going to bring this up before, but my swooniest okay. moment... Well, first of all, I loved the whole wedding. I loved him and the wedding. I loved her at the wedding. I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. The wedding was fantastic, but... If we were going later on in the book, I loved when he got the news about the little boy with cancer. And so he... This was mine, Mom! Jumped on a plane and had to, just had to see her. So he flew there for, like, on a Thursday night or a Wednesday evening. night or something. Yeah. And, um, like, kind of bared his soul to her about how sad he was and just needed yeah. her to hold him. And then she bared her soul to him, and it was very sweet. Yeah. And then they had was- sex, we think... <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> they at least ramped up to that. Yes. I mean, who knows if they actually followed through? 
No, I'm pretty sure they had sex. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, that was also what I had picked as my swooniest moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the meat cute was swoony, and yeah, him at the wedding was swoony. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've ragged on this book quite a bit, but it was a cute story. It was, it there was. were sweet things and about it. And here's the thing. I, yeah, I, I liked, I liked things about the book, and yeah, in general, I, I don't know, it was just that they, they just did not work well together all the time, and that frustrated me because I want to believe in a couple in a romance novel, and that was the main crux of the problem for me with this book. Also, because we've complained a lot about a lot of books where they have miscommunication or communication problems. Yeah. But there was just so much going on in this book that was miscommunication. There were so many things that were in their heads that they were thinking because it's a very dual POV and it's very, mm-hmm. um, like it jumps back and forth in the POV quite a bit, and mm-hmm. which is fine. That was great. But you're hearing both of their inner thoughts and at some point I just wanted to say could you please just explain that to one another yes and it was it wasn't just like one big misunderstanding it was throughout the entire book yes that's the difference because in other books where we've had problems with it it's always like that's their big climactic problem is that there's just some stupid miscommunication where they just need to talk about it but throughout the rest of the book they've been fine This book, they were having these problems throughout. And it's like, just talk about something for once in your GD life. Well, and even her, like, her body image issues. You know, she just said, sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I feel like I'm not. You know, if she just explained that to him and then he could say, oh, you're gorgeous and I love this. I love these curves. And I mean, he could explain how she loved her body. Just having that conversation would have alleviated so much of that kind of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. all these little insecurities that they kept having in their brains, uh, if they had talked about them once in a while, it could have solved all kinds of problems before they even started. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, my biggest problem with her, with that last fight, was that she was all mad at him about something she thought he might do in the future. It wasn't yes. even something he had done. <laughs> yes. And he had shown no inclination that he was going to. No. Other than, like, he called her and she was like, oh, this is him calling to break up with me. And then he didn't. And she's like, well, it's still coming. It's still and it's coming. like, okay, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you cannot get all pissed off and leave this guy for something you think he might possibly do in the future. That just seems ludicrous to me. That's like a crazy person act. Yeah. Anyway. Which I realize we all have our crazy person moments yes. <laughs> and things like that. But usually, because the other thing I thought might happen with that fight, she'd been drinking a lot of sangria. I thought she might calm down a little bit from been, from her drinking the sangria and be like, you know what? I was an idiot. I need to call. Let's talk this out. But that didn't even happen. <laughs> <None of> that happened. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about what everybody else thought about this book. People who liked it more than me. Oh, gosh. So Kristen said, oh, Kristen, I'm sorry. I hope you all like the wedding date. I'm going to try and reread before the episode. A few of my friends didn't like it, so I felt a bit in the minority when I loved it. I can't wait for your thoughts. Um, so I think we agree more with your friends. <laughs> but Kristen, we still love you. Um Paige said, I really enjoyed The Wedding Day. I think uh, guys have read this book because I had several guys chatting it up big time in elevators after reading this book. Uh, She said, too bad there wasn't a wedding in the building, which I thought was cute. cute. Um, Nara said, (laughs) I don't know why I wrote this one. Nara, why did I include this one in the list? Uh, You know this whole living in different cities, texting, (laughs) traveling to meet up, and really reminded me of a friend of mine, don't you think, Julie? (laughs) Wait a minute. Who do we know that texts a guy who lives Let's in move another on. state? <laughs> oh, no, we said another oh, in another city, but it's also in another state. <laughs> and Christy, who recommended the book, Christy, we we love you so much. 
nothing that we've said today uh, changes that at all. Um, but she said, so much to love about the wedding day. A meet cute, well-fleshed-out characters. We see them working. That's true. That is um, a cool component yes. that you get to, like, actually know, you know, the characters and, like, see them doing their their thing. And she says, discussions about racism, privilege, and tons of food. Yes. So much food. That's true. Donuts, cheese and crackers, uh, pizza, Hamburgers tacos. and french fries. Yeah. All the best that California has to offer. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, you guys like it better than we did. I hope that, you know, sometimes a book just doesn't work for you. And <laughs> it happened to not work for both mom and I this time. Um, so, I hope that this was still somewhat amusing to listen to. Um any other thoughts, Mom, before we move on? Um, no, I didn't. I think I liked it more than you did. I think is that yeah. fair to say? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sorry. We love you guys. Yeah, we do. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Uh, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 25th, we will be discussing By Possession by Madeline Hunter in our next mini episode. So for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about 99% Mine by Sally Ford. So stay with us. It's time for a break! It's time for a break! The break is when we do the news and the mail! Can you tell what that impression is? Um, yes, wait, wait. Yes, B-52s. Yes! <laughs> That's my B-52s impression. Um, okay, so it's B-52s and um, Ethel Merman have a lot in common. So we... Well, you, they do. <laughs> we got, um... We got some mail. So the first is from Kristen. She says, hey, ladies, hope you both are well. As always, love the podcast. Love that I have a new episode to listen to each week, even if I'm perpetually behind. She says, I just finished your latest episode on the Highlander and wanted to shoot you all a quick email. I love that you included the review from the Instagrammer who DNF'd it. Like you all, I saw and recognized those things, but they didn't bother me or I didn't see them exactly the same way as she did. Uh, I do feel maybe I'm a bit desensitized when it comes to historicals. Different things are okay in those that wouldn't fly in a more modern book. But it just goes to show that we can't like everything we read, and there's not a single book that will please every reader. Much like The Wedding Date, because uh, Kristen was one who liked The Wedding Date. Um, for example, keep I know... Keep in mind what you said. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, Kristen, that you said that yourself. Um so she says, for example, I know you enjoyed it and mom read the rest of the series, but I DNF'd Spotless. Couldn't do it, didn't oh, love the love start, Spotless. and just couldn't click with it. But I'm glad you all liked it. Uh, she says, I loved Earthbound, though. I just started that episode as I pulled into work, so I don't know if you all loved it, too. Hope you did. Otherwise, awkward. Um, I did <laughs> love Earthbound. Mom had some more issues with that one, but I really liked that one a lot. I really liked the story, though. I mean, I really liked reading the book. I'm glad I yes. read the book. Yeah. Um, Kristen continues, loved hearing everyone's comments on the romance question. Sounds like we are all on the same page. Also, as always, love the recommendations from you two and your listeners. I found some great books thanks to your podcast, and I love it. She says, before I wrap this up, I wanted to share a few books I've enjoyed recently. She says, Butterface and Muffin Top by Avery Flynn. The third, Tomboy, comes out on the 18th. I am loving these less traditional heroes. And um, I looked into these books, and one of them came so close to being on the spring lineup, but we just had so many. But her second book that she recommended, Melt for You by J.T. Uh, Geisinger. I also liked the first, but the second was Amazeballs, Scottish Hero, Need I Say More. And uh, no, you need not say more, because that made it onto our lineup, so 
That's all. That's all I needed, Kristen. Um, (laughs) Nuff said. She says, I don't remember how steamy those were exactly, but I feel like since mom has read a Christian Ashley, everything else is tame in comparison. (laughs) Or a Rebecca. I think I've read some that were worse than Kristen Ashley by this point. Yeah. Um, She said, last thing and then I'm done. Happy for you regarding you know what. Share as much or as little as you want. I'm sure we are all nosy. It's like a real life romance novel playing out in real time. But don't want you to overshare if you don't want to. Okay, bye friends. Um, Yeah. What are you going to say to that, Ellen? Uh, So Jason writes in and... We're just going to gloss over that, are we? (laughs) I've I've said everything I need to say on that you friend, do. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have. Yes, thank you. Um, Jason, our one male listener. Hey, hey, oh. <laughs> Jason writes in and says, "I enjoyed this week's podcast in reference to uh, in bed with a Highlander." He said, I read all three of the McCabe series books and I enjoyed it. I have read about forty Highlander type books. Jeez, Jason. You are avid. Yes. Um, He says, this book was cute and I enjoyed the whole series, to be honest. I have read the KGI series by Maya Banks before reading this series, which is kind of her, I think they're like, like a CIA type or like a private security type firm or something. Uh Um, And it's contemporary, right? Yes. Uh, He continues, I have really enjoyed reading the Diane Duvall Immortal Guardian series and it is different. Uh, definitely good for a guy to read in reference to I think it was Paige who asked us for book recommendations for guys Um, and he Jason says keep up the good work ladies Uh, we certainly will try Jason Um, and then on the news front we uh, kind of just referenced this but uh, we came out this week with our spring lineup for this year Uh, so I'm just going to kind of run through that. Um, I should say, so this first part, so all of March is going to be spent reading books by authors that are going to be at the Avon Kiss Con in Chicago, which mom and I are going to, um, the first weekend in April. So I'm sorry if this part is not as fun for you guys, but you know, you know that I've only been reading books for the podcast lately, so I needed to fit them in somehow. Um, so March 4th, we are reading Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, as recommended to us by Tabitha and Taylor. March 11th, we are reading Lady in Waiting by Marie Tremaine. Uh, March 18th, we're reading Hate to Want You by Alicia Rye, which we've already been warned is going to have some interesting things for mom and I to talk about. <laughs> Um, yeah, the ladies over at Heaving Bosoms were like, I cannot wait to hear you guys talk about a clit slap. And I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, jeez. What did I get myself into? Uh, This is what happens when I pick books without you guys recommending them. Um, March 25th, we're reading Kill the Queen by Jennifer Estep. Uh, And then... April 1st, we're reading Let's Get Textual by Tegan Hunter. This was recommended to us by Milena, Noya, Kathy, and I think probably some others, but I stopped recording it because this book got recommended to us a lot. So um, we're excited to read that one. April it fits in with what Ellen has going on in her life. April 8th, we're reading <laughs> Melt For You by J.T. Geisinger, uh, which was, as we just read, recommended to us by Kristen. April 15th, we're reading A Girl Like Her by Talia Hibbert, which was recommended to us by Jen on Twitter. April 22nd, we're reading Intercepted by Alexa Martin, which was recommended to us by Elizabeth on Facebook. April 29th, we're reading Mr. Perfect by Linda Howard, uh, recommended to us by Nara on Twitter. Um, And that will be good because it's kind of a romantic suspense, which we've been kind of wanting to delve into. Uh, May 6th, we're reading England's Perfect Hero by Suzanne Enoch, or Enoch, I don't know, uh, which was recommended to us by Angelica on Facebook. May 18th, we're re- or May 13th, we're reading The Best, The Worst Best Man by Lucy Score, recommended to us by Blythe on Twitter. May 20th, we're reading Brooklyn Air by Serena Bowen, uh, recommended to us by Nara on Twitter. 
And May 27th, we're reading Before Girl by Kate Canterbury, recommended to us by Jen on Twitter. Um, so that sounds like a good lineup. And if you look at our, we put up our, um, like, visual reminder on all of the social medias. And, I mean, a lot of shirtless men covers, which yes, we like those. Um <laughs> So uh, we're excited to delve into this lineup, and we hope that you guys are too, and, you know, hope that you read along with us, as always. Um, Anyway, so thanks for all the recommendations. Uh, I was, like, inundated, and it was kind of hard to pick which ones I wanted to pull from there, but I would read some premises, and I was like, these people just really get me. It's amazing. (laughs) And then there's the ones where they're just... You know that they can't, like Sierra Simone, is that the one? Gosh, you guys need to stop recommending Sierra (laughs) Simone. I'm never going to read a Sierra Simone with mom. Just get that (laughs) through your heads. (laughs) I mean, they're good. Yes, I understand I think there's some people that just mess with you and just like, yeah, read this with your mom. Gosh, no. Not doing that. I'm not reading American Queen with mom. (laughs) Um, Okay, so thanks... As always, for writing in and uh, all of the recommendations and everything, you guys are amazing. We love you all so much, and uh, we'll see you for the next Mail News Break Time. Bye. Welcome back. So you may remember on the Highlander episode that I said that even though I haven't been doing much reading outside the podcast, I was going to read 99% Mind by Sally Thorne because I had really been looking forward to it. Uh, of course, I read it and then immediately had to put it on the podcast. Um, so we're going to do a much more loose chat on this book, but I will start as I always do because I respect my elders. Mom, <laughs> what did you think of 99% Mind? Um. I liked it okay, Ellen. I liked it okay. No, I loved it. <laughs> I loved this book. And I kept talk- texting Ellen saying, oh my gosh, this guy. Oh, Tom. <laughs> he is in fierce contention. It's only February. And like, I have a hard time believing anybody can beat him for book boyfriend. Like he was just so swoony. Oh gosh, a guy in a tool belt. Oh, just mm-hmm. is a thing, right? Gosh, right? Yes, yes. And um, just stomping around, ordering people around how to build things. And it's like, Tom yeah. the Builder. And, uh, yeah, he was, and then he was just so sweet and so yeah. patient yes. and so uh, swoony. Yes. Um, so I posted my kind of, like, re- quick review of it. I never did read that. Oh, yeah. Rude. Um, right? Yeah, just Ellen wrote it. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But I posted that on the social medias. Um, and as I said in that review, the one thing that I kept, like, coming back to was just the word visceral. Like, everything about this book was just so visceral. Like, you just felt every little emotion and, like, every little moment between them. It was just, like magnified to a thousand it was just like my like heart was in my throat the whole book just because I was just like I just felt everything so much between these two I don't know what it is I mean I think a big part of it is her writing her writing is just so mom's laughing at me for some reason (laughs) why are you laughing at me because I'm so emphatic I just had a really inappropriate thought, Ellen. But yeah, go ahead, honey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it kind of goes back to the one or two tablespoon day. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, you really threw me off. What was I saying? Sorry. Um, it was visceral, and you felt everything. I felt everything. Okay, so her writing is just so amazing, and I think that contributes to it. Her writing is just so different from 
really anybody else in the genre. Um, I don't even know exactly what it is. Um, just her way of describing, like, scenes and situations is just, I don't know, it's just so different from everybody else. And I love it. It's, like, amazing. Um, I remember texting you. I mean, I just started the book and I was just like, I love her writing style. And I don't even remember now what it was that triggered me to do that. But yeah, but she just keeps that. And it's the same thing with Hating Game, too. She just keeps that sexual tension just like at a simmer the whole time and then just kind of cranks it up, cranks it up, cranks it up. And but it's just there the whole book, like no matter what's happening, you just like feel it the whole book and um oh yeah it was just it's so good yeah it was i might yeah i don't know that i can go so far as to say that i like this more than hating game but i think i at least respect this book more than hating game the things that she's able to pull off here because darcy is not she's not always the most likable character well the thing is is she's She's always kind of likable, but she does things that are dumb and frustrating. But, I don't know, she, like, puts her in a, in a way that you still always kind of like her, even though she's yeah. doing dumb things. And you want her to get the guy that you're in love with. Yeah. Because there's nothing about him that you don't love. No, he's perfect. We, we don't even have to go into him. Um, yeah, he is perfect, and that was the problem in the book, Ellen. Yeah, that's Thanks true. Thanks for bringing that up. That's true. Sorry they to... can't use the P word anymore. Sorry to poke a wound there, Tom. <laughs> um, but he is perfect. Like, yeah. I understand why she felt that way, because he is. But yeah. I understand him feeling like he can't live up to that. Um, but I really liked about Darcy, I mean, much like Sally Thorne's writing, Darcy is just so different from every heroine that I've ever read. You know, she's kind of this spunky... Kind of broody. Yeah, this spunky kind of bitchy thing that she's yeah. got kind of going on. But she's still also kind of sweet and um, naive in some ways. And um, I don't know. And broken in some way. I mean, she's got some weird stuff going on. Yeah, it's true. And... Her relationship with her brother is interesting. Her brother was kind of an interesting character, too. I'd be interested to see if he gets a book, just because I'd be interested to see what she does with him. Well, does she do series? Is this supposed to be a series? Not, yeah. So far, she has. I mean, she only I mean, has Hating the Game two. wasn't a series. It yeah, she only has the long. two books. Um, but uh, I wrote I wrote this in my review about it. I said, this book has got to be one of the sexiest books I've read in a while, and it doesn't even have all that much sex in it. But there's just this burgeoning, animalistic undercurrent running between them throughout the whole book that just had me clutching my pearls the whole time. Because even when they're not having sex, they just have this, like, you just feel like they're going to pounce on each other at, like, any moment. And it's... Let me ask you this. Is clutching your pearls a euphemism for something? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about what it could be a euphemism for. <laughs> I mean it in Sorry, the... I'm on a roll tonight. <laughs> you really are. Um, like well, I said, it's, it's Valentine's Day. It's too late for Mom and I. Um, anyway, that's my very impassioned... And I've seen this book getting um, some mixed reviews. Some people don't like it. Much like how we felt about the wedding date. Um, but I, 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 I just, I could, I can't get that because I, yeah. I really loved this book a lot. Um, and yeah, I really liked it a lot. So maybe, maybe we're not a very good, uh, team of people to critique books because <laughs> we always, we're agree. like this, we're like the same person. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we need like a yes man and a no man or something. But um, yeah, I just I just loved this whole story. And I loved the part where they're in the bar and, and the guy that she was kind of seeing or dating or whatever was there too. And and he just kept like touching her and yeah. and just being That's so sweet I mean. with her. And the thing is, is that she's Sally Thorne is so good at like that. Like, he's just, like, touching her back and, like, putting yeah. his hand on her lower back. And you're just like, 
Oh. Yes. <laughs> Touch that back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's not much happening, but she, like, puts it in such a way that you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the hottest thing I've ever read. Like, and I love when she gets pissed off at her brother and she's like, she points to the hickey on it. She's like, you see that? That's him. <laughs> and Tom's like, I asked for 30 minutes. I asked for three asked months for three and months. you gave me 30 minutes. Because <laughs> she wasn't supposed to tell anybody then. Poor Tom. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Tom. I love yes. him so much. Um, I wrote down some of your guys' thoughts. Uh, so Kristen... Uh, Kristen, you're just all over this episode. Uh, Kristen says, I really liked 99%. It's no hating game, but it's no slouch either. Uh, Lindsay said, I cried like a baby at the end because of all the feels. Visceral is an excellent way to put it. Um, Cynthia said, didn't you just feel everything? And I said, yes, Cynthia, I did. (laughs) Um, She said, when I asked my uh, best friend to read it, I told her it was sad, but that wasn't the right word because while there are some sad parts, there are also nostalgia and longing and regret mixed into it and the tension and jealousy and sweetness that is Tom. It was so different from The Hating Game, but just as good. Loved Darcy and Tom and truly, and towards the end, Jamie, even Megan got some love from me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh yeah, it it is. It's so different from Hating Game, which is kind of why I respect it. I mean, she must have felt such pressure for this yeah, book. Yeah, because her first book was, like, huge. Such a success. So, like, I can't imagine. I mean, but I really, I mean, girl, you pulled it off. Like, I think I, I really respect the hell out of this book. Um, Nara said, same girl, same. This book did things to me. My heart could barely take it. And it was indeed sexy. The flirting was off the charts. She says, I, all caps, love Tom. So many feels in that amazing guy. Seriously, Sally makes me love, like, makes me love single POV in such a way. And the the twins' relationship is so good. Yeah, I mean, their relationship is at least very interesting. And... Complex, and there's a lot going on there. Um, Carrie said, I agree with everything you said. The sexual tension was through the roof, and I thought it had one of the best sex scenes I've ever read. And yeah. And I think the sex scene is so sexy because it's just been building this whole book. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing because, you know, we talk about sex scenes quite a bit on this. Yes. But, um, because it wasn't an over-the-top description of the sex itself, but um, at least you were aware of what was going on all the time. <laughs> but um, it uh, it built to the sex, and then it, yeah, it had very great description of the sex scene and just well. Really and my well. my cousin who was asking me about Outlander today, I actually recommended uh, Hating Game to her because it's her books are are actually pretty tame, but they're still hot the whole time because yeah. because of that sexual tension that she just, like, brews the whole book with both Hating Game and this book. Um, yeah, I just, like, you keep reading, keep writing them, I will keep reading them the week they come out because, like, um, she's been knocking it out of the park so far, so... Um, and we get to meet her at KissCon, and we're really excited. Oh, really um, excited. So, anyway, we loved this book. I, like, try, I was like, oh, I've been overselling, maybe I'm overselling it a little bit, because there was a lot of people that commented on my review, and they were like, oh, cool, I've I've seen some mixed reviews, so I'm excited to hear you like it, or like, yay, I'll move it up on my TBR list, and I'm like, mm, hopefully, hopefully everybody loves it as much as I did, because... Um, I, I, yeah, I really loved it, but I have seen some people that feel a little differently. Um, but yeah. I don't understand. Were they just expecting like another hating game or? I don't know. It's, it's some people seem to think like they couldn't get into it and that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, I, I will admit that the like very beginning was a little bit slow for me but well just because it was explaining darcy's job there at the bar and stuff i mean no more so than any book really look when she pulled in the driveway and his truck was in the driveway yeah i was like i was on board (laughs) 
do this. We're getting going. Let's do well, it. Well, and then I love how, you know, she's got like bruises on her, his wrist, on her wrist and he's like, what happened to you? What is this? Oh, I was gosh, like, yeah, I protect her. that girl. Huh? <laughs> uh, so good, you guys. I, I hope you guys like it too if you haven't read it, but I, I really liked it a lot. Um, so thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for by possession by madeline hunter in one week on february 25th you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free you can also find us on twitter and instagram at not your mom's rom or on good facebook or goodreads or email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love reading them okay thanks mom you're welcome, Alan. Happy Valentine's Day. You too, honey. I kind, I kind of love you. I love you too. You're okay. <laughs> You're my favorite daughter. You're my favorite mom. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye, honey. <laughs>